0: Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. We're so honored to have you guys with us, and we're in a brand new year. How many of you are thankful for a brand new year? Uh, And I really have something on my heart for this season, and can't wait to share it with you. So let's open up our our Bibles today, the book of Jeremiah. On the screens, they're going to go to the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. We're opening up our Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 18, and we're gonna look at verses one through six. Um, how many of you know that oftentimes the natural mirrors the supernatural? Uh, and what I mean by that is everything you see with your eyes came out of the spiritual. Uh, So how many of you know this is not the result of a Big Bang (laughs) or something like that? That would be the equivalent of, like, taking numbers, throwing them in a factory, have the factory explode, and it produces a perfect encyclopedia. (laughs) Like, it's like, no, of course, there's intelligent design. Uh, And out of this, it was designed by God, the creator, the artist, the potter. And when he designed it, he designed it and patterned it off of his world. And so our world has seasons to it. Our world has beginnings and endings. God invented day and night. Uh, God invented summer and spring and winter and fall these are things that came from God now we put a calendar to it so how many of you know God is not limited to our calendar Uh, that you know God doesn't count things like we count things but nevertheless God is a God of seasons. Now, when we approach a new year, we all begin to set expectations as far as what the year will look like and how it will go. So it's like we have this expectation of, I'm going to lose blank amount of weight. Uh, I'm going to show up to the gym blank amount of times. Uh, I will be in this place financially by the end of the year, and we have all of these expectations. And sometimes people in the world can be cynical about it, uh, and they can look at, like, us at a new year and kind of, like, bash it or belittle it. It's like, it's just a day. It, it just changed over. It just went from December to January. Like, do you really think life is going to change that much? And the answer to that is, well, no, but also yes. And here's what I mean by that is we have to understand that just like our world operates by seasons, so does God. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1, it says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. So there's a time for everything. There is a season For Everything and this is the way of God one of the biggest criticisms that Jesus had for people when he walked in the earth is they did not understand the season spiritually they were in they did not understand the time they were in spiritually. Now, if you were wearing these types of clothes in the middle of a Mississippi summer, uh, for those of you watching in other parts of the world, it gets hot in Mississippi, especially in the summer. You would not be cooperating with the season, and it would equal undue frustration. And the reality is, is that spiritually speaking, you have a lot of people who are trying to force their will against God's, not understanding the season and the time that they are in. So they're trying to make something happen outside of its timing. They are trying to force something happen, and they're going against the opposite direction. God is flowing this way, and they are swimming upstream because they don't understand the season they are in. God is a God of seasons. Now, I believe that our season, spiritually speaking, is about to change. I don't believe it has changed entirely yet, but I believe it is about to change. Uh, At the end, or or I guess not at the end, well, I guess I could say it this way, at the end of summer of this year, uh, of 2020, uh, we were praying and we entered into this time of prayer as a staff, like very optimistic. COVID numbers were on the, the decline, and we started planning about what the back end of the year would look like, and, you know, filled with just a natural optimism. I tend to be naturally optimistic anyway, uh, so filled with that, and we went into a Tuesday prayer, and the Lord spoke to us prophetically. Now, when I say spoke to us prophetically, uh, don't uh, make it so spectacular that you miss the supernatural. Oftentimes, people look for the spectacular spiritually, but they miss the supernatural. They they look for the wild things and the wild moves of God, but they miss the supernatural. God can use fireworks to get our attention, but he oftentimes just lights a candle The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And the firework is big and beautiful when it goes off. And I'm believing for fireworks this year. But the whole time God is lighting a candle. But we miss the supernatural because we keep waiting on the spectacular. When I say prophecy, I'm not talking about these and thous and like a room shaking. I'm just talking about man stops praying and God starts praying through man. All prophecy is is inspired utterance. It's where you stop talking and God starts talking. And this year, like never before, we need to pray with the spirit of prophecy. Uh, And when we were praying, it just shifted and, you know, a spirit of prophecy came and the Lord started dealing with us and he said, you're about to go through a turbulent time, a time where there will be even more shaking than what you've already seen. And at that point in 2020, we had already seen so much shaking politically and uh, across all these different lines. And COVID came in and shook everything up. And, and, you know, God was dealing with us about there will be even more shaking and more. The word he used for me was turbulence, even more turbulence, turbulent times. And he said, I'm telling you this now uh, so that, one, you're not surprised by it that you're not alarmed by it. Uh, but secondly, I- I'm telling you this uh, so that you can see that I will protect you through it. And you know, oftentimes when people like, think prophecy, it's like you know, Oprah's big giveaway. It's like, you get a word, you get a word, you get a word. You're gonna be rich, you're gonna be famous and God's going to protect you. It's like you know, these great big words. But how many of you know when you look at scripture, sometimes God came in and gave warnings Sometimes God showed them, you're about to have seven years that are lean, and you need to brace yourself for that, and you need to prepare for that. And so God said, I want you to prepare for those turbulent times. Well, I didn't know all that that would mean, but we began to see COVID numbers rise, and you know, our expectation for for what may happen there began to kind of change, and then we began to to see even people in my life that were close to me who passed away, and like all of these kinds of things, and you begin to see these turbulence, but the whole time there was this peace because God brought me back to that word. And I believe, and I know this is not the most exciting thing, uh, but I believe we're still in that time, that we're still in kind of a turbulent time where we're not going to quite know what to expect, and, and spiritually, we need to brace ourselves for that and just have peace, knowing that God will protect us all the way through this turbulence. But the Lord said, it'll not last forever, And when we were praying, he told us this. He said, just like a plane that goes through turbulence, sometimes it goes through turbulence, but sometimes it is picking up so much speed that it faces the turbulence of a sound barrier. And when it breaks through that sound barrier, if it doesn't pull back its power, if it doesn't pull back its expectation, there will be a breakthrough. And on the other side of that breakthrough, there will be smooth sailing. He said there will be like a rocket, like a rocket breaking through the atmosphere where there's shaking and there's turbulence. But if it doesn't pull back, if it doesn't turn down the power, if it keeps its expectations, it will break through that barrier and get to a place where there is zero gravity, nothing holding it back, complete freedom with nothing holding it down. And I believe that. I believe we're in this, uh, still in a time of turbulence. But I believe God is raising up a people who have a spirit of Joshua and Caleb, a spirit of faith. Come on, Highland Colony, that God has a, a group of people who are making sure that we are not lowering our expectation, that we are believing to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, and we will break through and get to a place on the other side. The scripture that he gave me a couple of weeks ago in prayer was this one in the book of Acts chapter 16. You know this, Paul and Silas were were thrown in prison and there was this this moment of just bondage that entered into their life. And and I really feel like maybe some of you have kind of felt that, that uh, a bondage has kind of entered into your life. And, And for some of you, maybe that is drug addiction. Maybe it is, uh, instead of just having an occasional drink, alcoholism grabbed you. Uh, maybe it has been something has come in your life, and you look at it, and it's created a mess in your physical body, or maybe like this, this uh, sedentariness has kind of crept in, and it's disrupted your pattern, and now you feel a little in bondage by physical habits. Maybe some of you feel in bondage financially, that just something has come in that you did or somebody did to you that puts you in bondage. And and, and I believe that many people are are in this season where they're not as free as they want to be. They're not as free financially as they want to be. I believe there are some churches that are not as free in the spirit as they could be or as they want to be. That there are things that are, are holding people, businesses, marriages, families back in this type of prison. And we see an example of this in Acts chapter 16, but it said at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them, verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open, and every man's bands were loosed. And here we we see in this example that there was a shaking, and you know everybody outside of the prison thought something dangerous was happening. That, that through this turbulence in the earth, through this shaking in the earth, that everyone around was trying to figure out how long will it last, will we make it through it, what will life look like on the other side, what structures will still be standing, will things ever be the same again, because of all of this shaking and turbulence. But what the world could not see was that in the middle of the shaking, there was a breakthrough that was coming for the people of God. And at the end of that shaking, Paul and Silas looked up and realized we have been released. And I believe that is the word of the Lord for 2021. There is a release that is coming to the body of Christ, a release that is coming to the people of God, a release that people are gonna get free from drug addiction, supernaturally released from it, that people are going to see like addictions just fall off their life, that people are going to see themselves be released into the people God has called them to be, that that, that people are going to see, and I I know sometimes like you can come to church, it's like, oh, you know, all these types of like preacher hype and like that kind of thing, but I, I really believe this as a word from the Lord. In fact, it's bigger in me than I would even be willing to communicate because some people may think, you know, he's communicating that for different reasons. But I really feel like there's going to be a release financially where debts are just going to be supernaturally released, eliminated, reduced... And I know, like, that can come across incredibly uh, TV preachers, but I promise you I'm not taking up an offering, selling special holy water, or any of those types of things. I believe it as a word from the Lord that that there is going to be a release. You see it even in Scripture, that there were debts that people encountered. You have a, a woman who could not pay her debt. And they were coming to take away her children, coming to force them into labor until they could pay it off. But God came in and supernaturally released her from that debt by doing something that absolutely he could only do. And I believe that there is coming a supernatural release to the people of God. I believe there is coming a release of the Spirit of God, where God is going to move in our churches like never before. Book of Acts type experiences where we see signs and wonders done by the mighty hand of Jesus. A release of God. But but what I, I really felt in, in my, my spirit, that while we're still in these times of turbulence, knowing that that type of breakthrough, that type of release is coming, that we must position ourselves correctly for what God wants to do. And that's what this whole series is about, is me trying to pastor myself and you into a divine positioning. And I am not a preacher, I am not a teacher, I am not an apostle or these other things. I am a pastor. And out of of pastoring you, I don't deal in hype, I, I try to deal in reality and meet you where you're at. And I really feel like in this month of January, I am to pastor you into a position where God can do what he wants to do for you, but more importantly, what he wants to do in you and what he wants to do through you because your life is going to count in 2021 like never before. You're a difference maker for your family. You're a difference maker for your children. You're a difference maker for this community. And God wants to do those things through you, but you must be positioned. And and, and in order to get there, I really feel the need to just uh, course correct you and and kind of get you on path because I I really feel like that many of you have already set strategies for this year that involve solely you. Uh, And and what I, I mean by that is in 2021, I will fill in the blank. In 2021, I will save blank amount of dollars. In 2021, I will not eat sugar. Uh, in 2021, I will weigh whatever blank poundage you want to use. I will be more disciplined with the gym. I will absolutely work out four or five times a week. I will, I will, I will. And the problem is with I will is it turns into will worship, where we worship those among us who have great will power. Those who have great willpower physically, they make our magazines and we want to see their strategies. Those who achieve great things financially, we want to know, how did you exercise your will to get out of debt? Woo, look at them, so disciplined, cutting up those credit cards, like, and we worship at the altar of will. We don't worship images. We don't worship many Buddhas. But we pull back and it's like we worship people, man. Look at how disciplined they are. Golly, I want to be disciplined like that. And we worship at the altar of will. Now, people have been doing this for ages. We see it even in the book of Colossians, chapter 2. They'll put it up on the screens for me. And verse 23, it says, Which things have indeed, he's talking here, if you read it in context, of, I'm not going to eat this, I'm not going to do that, and it'll take me closer to God. And watch what he says here in verse 23, Which things indeed have a show of wisdom in will worship and humility, and the severity of the body. I'm going to get my act together this year. I'm going to have greater willpower this year, but are not of any value against the indulgence of the flesh. Now, here's something interesting about willpower. I read a ton, and they tell us that willpower, it has something. It has an ending. It runs out that you even have more willpower in the morning than you even have in the afternoon. Now, I didn't have to tell you that because some of you know that, that in the morning, it's like, I'm gonna walk in love. I'm gonna be patient with these kids and you make it till about two o'clock. And then two o'clock comes and you open up the backpack and the papers are everywhere and they didn't tell you about the homework assignment and willpower goes out the window. You start that morning, I'm gonna eat healthy today day. Only kale and grilled chicken. And you get there and it's like lunch is perfect, but at night it's like nine o'clock and you really can't fall asleep and you just bought a pint of ice cream even though you knew not to buy the pint. And it's like all of a sudden you're eating the ice cream because willpower runs out. And we are not designed as Christians to be like the world and to celebrate will. Here's what I want to I remind you of, child of God. What I want to remind you of, Christian, is that God has divine power that can go beyond your willpower. And I am not saying, I am not saying, don't use your will to get out of debt, lose weight, make better grades. No, use your will, but make sure your will is through Christ, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, we have this, this, this imagery of, of like, I can do all things. Well... Through Christ you can, but Jesus said in John chapter 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. And you have seen that. There have been plenty of other years where you had the same declarations of I will, I will, I will. And at the end of the year, it's like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. And God's like, you know why? Because apart from me, you can do nothing. But through Christ, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? His death divine power begins to meet my willpower, that there is a release of grace that enables me to run my race, that I'm not just running my race, I am running it with his grace. And our scripture, to back all of this up, is the book of Jeremiah. Let's look at it, Jeremiah chapter 18, and we're going to look at verse number one. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah uh, from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. And I went down to the potter's house, and behold, the potter wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel they made of clay was marred. We would say today, the vessel was messed up in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in mine, O house of Israel." So here you see God wakes up this man. I'm believing more of that for you and me this year, that God wakes us up. And we wake up to pray, that we wake up to have God commune with us. How many of you know something's wrong with my Christianity if I never hear God speak? From beginning to the end, it's God speaking to his people. I'm telling you, covet it. Desire spiritual gifts, desire to, to walk with God in an intimate way. And here Jeremiah is awoken. The word of the Lord came to him. You can't force the word. It comes to you like a gift that you open. You can reject a gift, but you can't force it. So I can't make God speak to me. I'm not looking for all these voices, but I am saying, God, your servant is listening. And if you want to speak to me, I'm going to receive every gift. I'm not going to reject it. And God speaks to Jeremiah, and he says, I want you to do something. Go up and look at that potter's house that you know of. And he goes out there and he stands on this hill and he looks down and he sees this potter. And when he sees the potter, he's working with clay. And while he's working with the clay, he sees that the clay gets messed up. He sees that the clay has a default in it. He sees that the clay is defective. He sees that it's not turning in to what he wants it to be. And when the the prophet is seeing him do this, he sees that the potter does not discard the clay. He sees that the potter, even though he has clay that is messed up, he does not cast it aside and say, well, I'll just find me a different different clay. I'll just find me a, a different work. But even in its messed up condition, he just places it back in his tender hands and he begins to make it a vessel fit for his use. And he begins to make it a vessel as fit for the potter to make it. And he's watching all this play out, and, and God speaks to Jeremiah. And he says, Do you see this? He says, do, Don't you think that I can do with you as that potter has done with that clay? Don't you think I have more skill than that artist? Don't you think I have more skill than that potter? And don't you think that when you mess up your life, that I'm not big enough to redeem it? that I'm not big enough to fix it, that I'm not mighty enough to redeem it and to make it something great. And I'm telling you, there's some people in this room watching online and I Heiko, you think I've just messed up, Pastor Joel. I've messed up my marriage. I've messed up my family. I've messed up my life. I've messed up my health. I've messed up my finances. I've messed up, Pastor. And you may be thinking you've messed up, but did you know what? In the book of Revelations, there was this great scroll and every man from every nation who thought he was great tried to come up and open up the scroll. Each one of them came up one after the next, but not one was worthy. No, not one. Not one was good enough. Not one was perfect enough. Not one was mighty enough. Not one was the hero. And then Jesus pushed all those people aside, came up, grabbed a hold of that scroll and he opened it up and every knee hit the ground and said you are worthy to unleash the scroll and to open up the book and you know what that just simply tells us join the club if you've messed up there's not one of us who hasn't messed up there's not one of us who has not goofed up there's not one of us who has not made a mistake but did you know what in spite of that if you'll just stay on the potter's will the one who is worthy can make you in to what he's called you to be he can make your marriage one that's a blessing to you maybe you've never seen a father you don't even know how to do it you've never seen one you've never had one maybe you look at the painting and think I can't draw I don't know how to do that I don't know how to get out of debt like that I look at my job and I look at what I know and I don't have the education to make that kind of money. I look at my past and I see a past littered with addiction after addiction and broken promises that I made to my wife and broken promises that I made to myself and I've done all these things that I said I I would never do and I just look and it's such a mess. And here's what God would say to us. You don't have to know how to draw. You're the canvas. You're you're the canvas. You, You may not know how to father. You may not know how to get free. You you might not know how to get free from addiction. You might not have read all the books, know all the ways around it. You might not have the resources or the education, but you don't have to know how to draw. Quit trying to scribble on yourself, trying to make yourself something that only I can make you. You're not the you're not the the, the potter, you're just the clay. And clay has one job, just get in the hands of a good potter. That's all, that's the only job that clay has is I want a divine touch, I want a divine artist, I want somebody to come in my life who actually knows what they're doing and begin to do a work that only they can do. And God says, can I not do with you as that artist did with that canvas? Can I not do with you as that potter is done with that clay. See, God can change anything about you. There's nothing God can't change about you. There's nothing he can't change about your money, about your health. There's nothing God can't change about your marriage, about your personality. There's nothing God can't change about you. God just needs one thing, time. And it's the one thing we don't want to give him. We, we told the artists, we're like, we really, <laughs> we really would like to sing that last song that we sang at the end of the service. You know, let Pastor Joel preach on this, and it'd be really cool to see a blank canvas and then an artist, and they're like, we need more time. Art doesn't happen that quickly. We're like, okay, so we'll just do it at the start. Because that's our culture, isn't it? Especially in America, is we want it now we want it quick. We want God to do something. Not quick, God. And God's like, you know what I need? Time. The clay has one job. Sit on the wheel. Let my hand be on you. Let my hand come on you. Sit here. I was reading the book of Acts for fun reading the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts and started journaling the book of Acts. And you see how the book of Acts, God starts it off with a miracle, man. There's a man lame from his mother's womb. And all of a sudden he's walking and leaping and praising God. And people are coming to the church thinking they're gods. And they're like, we're not gods. You know, all of these types of things. And you see miracle after miracle, people getting out of debt supernaturally, people selling lands and homes to pay off debts of other people. Like, it's amazing. And you know how it started? People in a room day after day called the upper room, giving God time. And after giving God time, the Holy Spirit came in with a loud noise and changed the world as we know it. But what if they wouldn't have waited what if, they, what, what if they wouldn't have given God the one thing that he needs? God doesn't need your perfection. You're not the artist. God just needs your time. God just needs you to be with him. And, and what I really feel like what we're supposed to do this year at the start of it is just to divinely position you in the potter's hands. The title of this message is just simply this position matters. We, we ran an ad for it where we, we showed like this beautiful cup of coffee that was made and we're getting ready to pour out the, the coffee over into this cup and you see the coffee poured out and the coffee just hits the, the countertop. And the reason why is the cup was not in a position to receive the coffee. And we ran it with the label of positioning matters. And out of that, Uh, Someone commented on it. It's like when I saw this video, all I saw was someone wasting a a good cup of coffee. And I laughed out loud. I'm like, that's exactly right. Uh, And uh, so I was laughing about it. And in the middle of me laughing, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that's exactly what people do with their life. Wasting. Wasting a good life. Because they're not in a position to receive everything I'm trying to pour out. I'm trying to get them the breakthrough. I'm trying to get them the peace. I'm trying to get them the love. If they would just position themselves to receive it, they would see more of it. And what we're doing this year at the start of it in January is we're just coming to God and we're saying, God, we are positioning ourselves that we are not going to worship at the altar of will. We're going to worship at the altar of God and your divine power is going to hit our willpower and we're going to see our debts be eliminated. We're going to see our chains fall off. We're going to see our addictions be broken not by might and not by power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. So at the end of the day it's not us on the magazine it's us standing before a living God. How many of you believe? Believe it, Word of Life. Oh, come on, church. How many of you believe it? So next Sunday, we're going to start a 21-day fast. And somebody said, why are we starting it next Sunday? Because I wanted to give you a time to prepare for it. Uh, So eat your cookie today when you exit. Uh, But next week, we're going to start this fast. And, And I'm not talking about, like, just cutting sugar out of our diet or, like, that kind of thing. Maybe for you, you see a need to confront that. But what, what I'm talking about is how can we surrender more of our lives to Jesus? I just feel it's so big like God would just say, return to your first love. Return to the love you had at First. That if you would give me half the time, you gave a video game. That if you would give me half the time, you gave Facebook. If you would give me half the time, you gave Netflix. If you would give me half the time, if you would just come and give me five loaves and two fish, that you would see I would take it and I would break it and I would bless it and I would multiply it. And some of us came into 2021 saying, you know what I want this year? I want six loaves. I want six loaves. I'm going to take five and I'm going to turn it into six. I want six loaves and maybe like four fish. Like, I'm going to come and I'm going to look at what I can do and save up just enough and position myself just enough to maybe turn five over into six. And God is like, could you get over this worship of will and could you just come and give me even, maybe for you it is just five loaves and two fish, but could you just give me what you can? Like, give me what you have in your possession. And if you give it to me, I'll break it. And the breaking may hurt for a moment. And it may hurt for a minute to break an app. It may hurt for 21 days to pull back from this activity. It may hurt a little. Like I I might have to break it, but at the end of breaking it, I will multiply it. I will bless it. I will pour out my spirit on it. And it won't just feed six people with six loaves. I'll feed 5,000 with my mighty hand. If you will just take what you have and give it to me. And maybe, maybe for 21 days, it's just saying, God, you know what? I want to spend more time on my Bible app than I do on the ESPN app. Like, God, I want to come and I want to be on my knees more than I'm in Facebook. Maybe it's just saying, God, like I understand you can change anything if I just give you time. So, God, like maybe I just turn off the TV for 21 days. Maybe instead of reading the paper for the next 21 days, God, what I do is I I read your word. Instead of listening to this kind of music, I'm just going to play some worship music for 21 days. I'm just going to allow you to have time in my mind, time in my ears, time in my eyes. And you know what I think God would say? If you come into that upper room... And you bow your knee before the mighty hand of God. You humble yourself before him. And instead of increasing yourself, you decrease yourself so that God may increase. That you will see an anointing hit your life at the end of January that takes you all the way to breakthrough at the end of December of 2021. And you see God do some things for you that you never could have done yourself. This is our year. Come on, church. How many of you believe it? This is our year. Come on, High Co. How many of you believe it? Over at Highland Colony, you didn't even exist last year. God moved and brought you to us like God can do some amazing things. All online. This is your year. It's a year of release. If you will release yourself more to God... God will release those chains off of you. In the middle of the shaking, what were they doing? Praying and singing praises. In the middle of the turbulence, praying and singing praises. And at the end of the turbulence, they look out and they say, (laughs) we're free. Oh, we've been released. We're ready to run the race that God has for us. And that's our future. So this whole week, think about what do I need to release? What do I need to release in my life so I can release more of myself to God? How can I give God more of me? Like what thing in my life do I need to cut out of time so I can give God more of it and let God meet you right there? Let me pray for you. Father, we come before you today and we just thank you that we will make a decision to give you that time. Father, we thank you that each and every one of us come to a place of surrender and submission. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to invite Ryan up at Highland Colony. I'm going to do it here at Lakeland. Online, you're with us too. You can bow your head, close your eyes. But if you're here this year and you say, Pastor Joel, today what I want is I want to give God my life back. Maybe it is for the first time. Maybe you're here and it, you stumbled into church because, you know, it's church. And you want to start a year in church, try something different. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're here and you do know Jesus. But you know you haven't been giving God yourself. And maybe you, you've taken yourself off the potter's wheel because you messed up and you made a mistake. But now you want to come back to God and you want to surrender your life to God and you want to give God the gift of of reconciliation where you come back to Him. But all over the world right now, every head bowed, every eye closed. And if you're here and that's you, I'm not going to ask you to do anything else. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you're here and that's you, would you do something today? Right now before the Lord Jesus, would you just surrender to Him by uplifting your hand to heaven? And just saying, God, I need you in my life. I need you in 2021. I need you to fix this mess. I need you, Father, to come in and fix me. I want to humble myself before you. Hands going up all over the room. Every section in the balcony. Amazing, 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 amazing. Anybody else, I'll wait for you. This is not for me. This is for you and the Lord. Anybody else need to surrender today? Amazing. See those hands. Now, everybody, just repeat after me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, today I surrender my life into your hands. And I thank you, Father, that I can't give you my perfection, but I sure can receive yours. And so today I give you my weakness to receive your strength. I give you my pride to receive your instruction and I thank you Father that you are making me into the person you've called me to be I'm the clay you're the potter Lord Jesus perform your work and make me who you've called me to be I boldly say this is the beginning of the best days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we celebrate today all the people who made a decision for Jesus? Amazing, 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 amazing.